Welcome to the Georgia 2022 show. It's October 23rd, 2022. And this show is brought to you by the Georgia Record. Um, we have a really packed show today. First, we have Kim Brooks and Mary Bell Hodges from Gwinnett County. They're going to talk about some continuing uh, election fraud there. Uh, then we're going to have uh, Dr. Sonia Francis Roll, who is uh, going to talk to us about Fulton County. And then we have Ted Metz is going to talk to us in the debate with Raffensperger. So before we get to our guests, I want to just ask you to check out our no ad subscription for CD Media. Um, this is uh, a way to get all of our news from all the local uh, newspapers around the country, the Miami Independent, the Manhattan.press, the Georgia Record, the Connecticut Sentinel, armedforces.press, also our overseas channel, and the main site, cdm.press. So um, you can pay us a few bucks a month and you get access to all of our uh, news outlets ad-free. So it looks like I've got Dr. Uh, Sonia Francis-Roll coming up first here. So I'm going to bring her on and let her talk about what's going on in Fulton County. Good afternoon. Uh, welcome, Dr. Uh, Francis-Roll. Thank you for uh, coming on the show today. I appreciate it. We had you on before and you talked about uh, what happened to you in Fulton County and you wanted to explain more as to what's going on. So I'm just going to kind of turn it over to you and let you talk about what's been happening. Good afternoon and thank you, Todd, for allowing me to be on the show this afternoon. And I have with me Dr. Gordon Rowe, my husband, who's also, Hello, he, I have to switch around a little bit. I'm no, sorry. No worries. But no he, worries. He, he'll get to speak a little bit. I brought him on to share uh, because he is the um, one of the vice chairs of Fulton County um, Republican Party. Um, I'm here to really speak to the uh, conservative Republicans that are out there and let them know what's going on, because I don't believe that everyone knows what's going on. Some mm -hmm. people do and some people don't. And those that do know what's going on are not saying anything. They're very quiet. Mm -hmm. um, and I just want to say first that my issue with Fulton County is not the party. It is with the chairman of the party, Trey Kelly. Mm -hmm. And um, people are thinking that because I'm pursuing the forgery of my signature on 144 poll watcher letters back in May, that that is going to have some harm to the elections. I don't believe it's going to have any harm. Um, mm -hmm. I have been pursuing this issue. I filed a complaint with um, Secretary of State Reffenberger's office. I filed Fulton County. I actually requested um, additional documents from 2021 because um, Chairman Schaefer, the GOP chairman of the Republican Party is saying that it's a clerical error. That's the word is out. It's a clerical error that someone forged my signature. Well, my signature was forged in 2021 as well. It was between mm. Betsy Kramer, who was the first vice chair, and Trey Kelly and whomever he designated. From the time I was elected secretary in the Fulton County Republican Party, Trey Kelly sought out not to include me and allow me to do my duties and responsibilities. I have been ostracized, omitted, not invited to meetings. You can't have a legal meeting of the party, the executive committee or the operating committee, 
without the secretary. It's not legal. And so since I spoke with you, I, as I mentioned earlier, I have been getting additional documents and hitting a dead end because the Secretary of State's not responding to me. Fulton mm -hmm. County is playing games. So I'm still pursuing this because no one has the right to force someone else's signature. If Trey Kelly wanted me out of the Republican Party so badly, what he should have done was call an executive board meeting and have them vote me out. But he's gone behind my back. I am seeing different events going on in Fulton County with the Republican Party. I'm not invited. I'm seeing um, other things that he's attending. So what he has done now with the most recent poll watchers letters, they have decided not to ask me to sign anything as the secretary, as is stated in Georgia law. The assistant secretary, who's gladly, gladly um, and happy to just have her signature on something because it makes her look good. So mm -hmm. she is on there. And of course, I'm hearing that she wants to be the chairman of the party. How are you going to be a chairman of the party when you are encouraging bad deeds? Trey Kelly has not followed any rule, any bylaws, and even the state law. They are all violating for what? I can't figure it out. So I wanted to give Gordon an opportunity to share. Sure, go ahead. Um, and by the way, thought. let me tell our audience, we, we offered Trey Kelly to come on again and and talk about his side of the story last time, and he we didn't hear back. So I'll just put that out there. Go ahead and bring on your, your husband, please. Oh, okay, here we go. Um, hello, everyone. Um, how you doing, Hi. Mr. Wood? Good. Um, yes, I am. Uh, I have been elected um, to the uh, vice chair. It's my first time in that position. I've, I've run for office. I've um, worked in the King Party affairs. We've uh, attended uh, conventions as well as the uh, local um, local um, county con conventions. But what I have noticed and I've heard Sonia complain when she was elected to office initially. And then in her second term, um, of course I was um, nominated and then I was elected during the convention. Uh, Sonia um, uh, did not get her name on the slate to, to, uh, to be nominated or I'm sorry, to be elected the second term, but she, uh, she was nominated from the floor and she was voted elected based on her speech of what she proposed to do. And um, and so what I have seen, of course, we live, uh, Sonia and I uh, live in South Fulton. As we all know, that Fulton County is a large county. Um, but um, basically, the majority of the conservative uh, support is on the northern, in the northern part of the county. However, we feel is that uh, there are a lot of uh, conservative um, support down here in South Fulton because we believe the people down here um, have conservative values. Um, mm -hmm. They've just been overwhelmed by the uh, the Democrats, uh, the, uh, the Democratic Party. Um, there are a lot of uh, loud talking people and they really work uh, really adamantly to uh, try to um, go after you if you 
say that you have conservative values. There are conservative people that were originally down in South Fulton, and there are they have um, they have gone to hiding, so to speak. And so uh, Sonia and I felt we could rally those people out here in South Fulton uh, that have conservative values, and um, and they're actually listed on the voter files as swing voters. Uh, meaning mm -hmm. that they vote on the issues. But yes, Sonia is, is, is correct. She uh, has not been allowed to participate in a position that she was elected to. Um, she has been uh, violated on both state statutes and also federal statutes because uh, the, the party falls into a tax exempt status uh, in which they qualify uh, as, uh, as they uh, operate under certain guidelines under their bylaws. <clears throat> and um, because they have not done procedures uh, like hold meetings and um, allow the other board members to uh, debate and decide and to vote on certain issues and uh, other things like um, the camp candidates, this has been done basically um, by Trey Kelly, the, the chairman. Why, and, why do you um, think that is, sir? So, why, do you, why, do you, why do you think have, you're there holding your wife back? I think they're holding uh, Sonia back and people like us is because we um, really have, uh, really, really, we, we, we speak out uh, about things. We, we ask questions and uh, we want to know um, okay, well, what is the reason behind what the particular types of, of decisions that have been made? Mm -hmm. Have they been made uh, basically by the bylaws? If they're not, why haven't they been made by the bylaws? And I mm -hmm. think because we ask those type of questions, um, we are, are in turn uh, made to look like the bad guy. And mm -hmm. um, that's, that's very unfortunate because I think um, what our attempt is to even though it, unfortunately it's going on during an election and I honestly feel as though that's the only time that we're going to get any kind of attention from yeah. the, uh, the local uh, GOP is if we do it during the time as of now, after the election, they're going to basically ignore us like they have before. But yeah. I think that, that the party needs to show that they're a reflection of the, the total American society um, with um, people that represent not only uh, North Fulton, but in South Fulton as well. And yeah. uh, there are other groups like uh, there, there are Asian groups, there are uh, Hispanic groups, and they are not getting the proper type of support from county GOP like um, the other groups are. And so we're very excited. So essentially what you're saying is that they're trying to hold power instead of representing all of their constituents is what you're seeing. I think it's a special, uh, special interest groups, people mm -hmm. that they have uh, agendas. Large uh, state contracts and um, maybe because are. Uh, 
you know, Sonia uh, and I, uh, especially Sonia, has been someone that's been very vocal about everybody participating. Um, you know, uh, it's it's a grassroots type of, of, of functionality where everyone gets involved. Everyone uh, has a um, equal chance to participate. Of course, there's policies and procedures, and those are written within the guidelines of the bylaws. But right. uh, once again, we have people like Trey uh, that has ignored that. Well, is there anything else you guys want to get I want to come back. Yeah, go ahead. I want to come back and say that um, the Republican Party has been formed on the basis of freedom, liberty, um, opportunities for all. Um, our conservative values. We, believe, we, we as Black people, we believe too in small government. We believe in pro-life. The same value system. So when we join the Republican Party, we are aligned with the party. And I don't understand why they're fighting me so much because as a matter of fact, I was told that the new conversation is that Trey Kelly, um, Claire Bartlett, some of those leaders, Claire Bartlett's the um, president of the women's group. I was on the board last year. And when what they were doing, I asked the same questions. I asked questions about the finances because they, they don't share finances. They don't tell you what's going on. They make unilateral decisions. I'm finding that this is the norm. Trey Kelly, Claire mm -hmm. Bartlett. And so she's not the president this year, someone else. But what has happened is that when you question, as Gordon said, um, they will ostracize you. So I'm a Democrat now. Mm -hmm. So because That's I asked, been, been I've been labeled. I've had people that have called me and Trey Kelly was investigating me because after forging my signature and I called to inquire why, rather than apologizing, it was a clerical error, whatever, he's investigating me. So now all the people in North Fulton are afraid of me because I'm an African-American and I must be a Democrat because yeah. African-Americans can't be Democrats, can't be conservative in the Republican Party. I'm not saying everyone because I would tell you I had a majority of the people, 60% of the people voted for me in this office. I'm not sure why Trey Kelly is so afraid. And the more I speak with people, the more I realize Susan Opersuf went through the same thing last year. And in fact, we're just recently finding out that David Schaefer had a hand in the way how those that election was run illegally. I was yeah. the secretary at the time, and we had um, the chairman who ran the elections of the party refused to give me any documentation. He refused to talk to me, Rich Thompson, because Rich Thompson is one of an African-American male, but he's one of the good old boys who's part of that system. So here mm -hmm. I come. He wouldn't even communicate with me so that we can get a complete list when we did the convention last year. So Susan, it was out in the cold. No one, till this day, I do not know what the original, what the real list looked like of the people that yeah. voted for Susan. That should be when, in my records. Gotcha. We, we've had Susan on the show, but uh, so we've explored that as well. Well, Sonia, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate you uh, uh, bringing your point of view. And uh, if you have anything more to say, just 
let us know. You can come back on and talk about it. And we'll ask Trey Kelly to come back on again and see if he can explain his side of the story. But thank you again for coming on. I appreciate both of you. Thank, thank you, you very much. We appreciate you too. Thank you. Okay. All right. So there you go. More uh, drama in Fulton County. Before we move on to our next guest, I want to say that Christmas is coming. Don't forget about my pillow and promo code CDM. It's not just the pillows. It's the comforters. It's the slippers. It's the sandals. It's the sheets. It's the towels. It's the pillows for kids, dog pillows. Go down the list. So don't support the big box retailers. Go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code CDM and buy all those Christmas presents from a patriot who's going to support free media. So with that, I'm going to bring on Kim Brooks and Mary Bell Hodges from Fulton. Hi, guys. Hey, how are you, Ted? Hey, how are you? I'm sorry. I said the wrong county. Um, That's okay. So we, we had you on before. Um, you wanted to give an update on your situation. Uh, you sent a press release, and I I would not do it justice. So I'm going to let you guys just tell us what's what's been happening in Gwinnett. Go ahead. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to start, and then, Kim, we can kind of kick it back and forth a little bit. So, you know, you covered the story about us taking 37,500 37, affidavits. Mm -hmm. And just as a reminder, all those affidavits contained a lot of different scenarios, anomalies in the, in the voter rolls. You know, some mm -hmm. of them were duplicate voters, uh, many of them non-existent addresses, uh, a lot, thousands mm -hmm. were, you know, NCOA data, national change of address data, which, by the way, the voter themselves fill that out to say we're moving. Mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of the culmination of it. We also had the absentee file, uh, buck, what we call buckets, the absentee file from the 2020 election where there were 21,000 absentee ballots mailed out from Gwinnett County or for Gwinnett County. Um, that were mailed out outside the lawful time. In other words, you're not supposed to get those ballots before a certain date. Kim can give you the real specifics of that. Mm -hmm. So, and out of that, out of those 21,000, um, there are there's a group that that it's elderly, disabled, and UACABA, which would be military or people that are serving the governments, you know, out of this country, and they are allowed to get the ballots at a different timeline. But that we finally got that number from Gwinnett County and it was like 7,400 and some odd. So that still leaves 14,000 plus absentee ballots in the 2020 election that were sent outside of the timeline, of lawful timeline. So then we get into, so a hearing is set. Actually, it was a specially called hearing for, you know, to address all the affidavits. This special hearing was actually called by Stephen Day and Dr. Wendy Taylor. They are the Democrats on the Gwinnett Election Board, and they called this meeting. Um, nobody got a notice about the meeting. Typically, they send out a notice and say this is the date for the challenge hearing. Uh, they didn't send out that notice, but, you know, I saw it on their post on their uh, timeline, and we, of course, went it was very interesting because when we arrived, I mean, there were cameras everywhere. There were attorneys everywhere, you know, attorneys that we've never seen before. So they were ready for you. That's what you're saying. They were ready for me. Yeah. Um, but the hearing, as it turned out, uh, Mr. Day, he had he probably a eight page letter, looked like about eight pages that he just read 
And basically he was very repetitive. He said, the affidavits can't be taken seriously because they're 98% erroneous. He said, we're not even going to look at them because it's all a list. It's list based. It's based on a list and the NVRA, the National Voter Registration Act prohibits us from doing any voter roll, you know, maintenance this close to the election. So it's like either they're 98 percent erroneous or you didn't look at them because they're a list. You know, it was he yeah. was contradictory. Yeah. Uh kind of a big world word salad is what I would call it. Um, and it, it actually sounded like it came right out of Mark Elias's handbook. That's, mm -hmm. that was my take. Um, I was not allowed to speak, which, you know, in a two thirty challenge, they don't always let the challenger speak, but it basically was just, a, you know, I don't even know what to say. Just it was a, a shit show. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is, we're now on his podcast. It's probably not. No, we're nice. not on cable. It's okay. Should I apologize to <laughs> no, your viewers okay. now? <laughs> um, to go a little further, he said we were replete with errors. Mm -hmm. um, and he kept saying that it was a list. And then he cited plaintiff versus Ben Hill Board of Elections where a person challenged over 4,000 uh, NCOA voters between the 2020 election and the runoff. Mm -hmm. And the plaintiff argued that it was just a list, which I'm assuming it was a list of names with an NCOA and a move. And they argued there wasn't enough individualized um, effort to uh, minimize errors. And so he misled and lied to the Gwinnett public saying that our work was a list and that it was fraught with errors. And then he started turning things that were true into complete 100% untrue. So, so just for our audience, you found a large number of voters on the rolls that basically had moved out of state, but were still voting. You did an NCOA check. And we, we've seen this across in Florida and other states, too. And they found a way to negate that evidence is essentially what you're saying. Right. They had a pre-planned way to to deal with uh, that finding. Am I correct? Based on that case law, mm -hmm. we didn't do a list. Mm -hmm. So what we did is we did an individualized custom two page affidavit per registered voter that included NCOA, right. it included the sale of a home in Gwinnett County, if appropriate. It included the purchase of a home in Florida, if appropriate. Mm -hmm. We even have voter history. We've even got people on Facebook that are blabbermouths and we can tell you all about their life. And right. um, so they were extremely customized. So it was a downright lie to say yeah. that we had a list. Mm -hmm. And that we didn't have substantive evidence. But to go a little further, they canceled all of our affidavits, dismissed wow. them. They didn't just choose. They could have been smart and just made us mad and pushed it to right after the election and blamed it on resources. They still wouldn't have been following the law, but at least it was a middle ground. Yeah. Um, they dismissed them all under citing the Ben Hill case law, when in fact... Only a percentage of ours was NCOA mm -hmm. work to begin with. Now, here's 
what we've done in response to that meeting. Yeah. Okay. We had a, do you want to hear about that? No, well, go, no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So we had a 19 person relay because you only <laughs> get three minutes per person to speak in the public comments at the board of election meeting. Uh -huh. So we had 19 people stand up in succession and dispute statements, facts. And what we've proven already is they have dismissed affidavits that are that Mary Bell personally attested to under the penalty of perjury that we attest to these facts. And so they dismissed them all unlawfully. They did not follow the law and they didn't follow their oath of office. Mm -hmm. And um, now we're seeing the crimes. Mm -hmm. So we have the ability to merge in our affidavits into the current 2022 absentee file. Wow. Okay. So here we go. So non-existent addresses. They really hate those. Mm -hmm. um, we had 2,700 non-existent addresses. So some of those, a lot of those people show up in person to vote. I wonder why. And I wonder what kind of fake ID they have. So these seems, are 2,700 non-existent addresses in Gwinnett County, correct? Correct. So this is a house that they, we talked about this last time, because mm -hmm. you have that street in Miami you talked mm -hmm. about. Yeah. So it's like an, an, a house that doesn't exist or an apartment yeah. that doesn't exist. Now, here's the interesting thing. Remember, we were told we were replete with errors mm -hmm. and it was 98% faulty. Come on, Maribel, let's hold <laughs> it up. Let's hold it up. Look what our team did. Do you see those yellow stickers? Wow. We mailed, like I give you in the screen, we <laughs> yeah, mailed 1,200 <laughs> letters to those non-existents and we have over 800 back. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, and, it, and, and the yellow sticker doesn't say couldn't forward. It says no such number, yeah. you know, no such. So our work is good. Now, do we have false positives? Of course you could find one, but yeah. th that's the one point. So, okay. So here you go. So you got this non-existent showing up to vote in person. That's a big mm -hmm. question. Then the next question is, Oh, gee, isn't it convenient this non-existent address is requesting an absentee ballot being mailed to New Orleans? Mm -hmm. You know, so the person probably has never been real in Gwinnett. We don't really know, but we know their address isn't right. And I want to I want to quote Dr. Taylor mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that that dismissed our um she says, if we were to allow a 230 challenge, which is her job, we allow a 230 challenge to, to challenge a person's right to vote, which is what that statute says, we are making a prejudgment that someone who has an address change is up to something erroneous. Hmm. We concur. We think yeah. they're up to something erroneous. And right. it was her job to put them on challenge status. Um, so that's the one bucket is the non-existence. Another bucket was um, duplicate voters. So same name, address, birth year, two IDs. Mm -hmm. They canceled all those two under NCOA list. I mean, it didn't make any, it, it was unlawful. Okay, so here we go. 
And I got to add to the duplicate voter. Oh. One of our duplicate voters doesn't have an existing address. Yeah. So one of the duplicates also doesn't live in a house. It's really great. Sorry, we have to laugh. So in the, this is so bad. So these duplicate voters, now we've got them mailing two ballots to two duplicates, the same pair. Gotcha. So in 2020, we challenged 250 duplicate pairs that had voted two and three times in the, in the election. And the Secretary of State then merged, I, the screen's off, so, yeah. is merged. And so when you look in the rearview mirror, it looks like one vote. So here we go again. Gwinnett County is complicit in enabling crimes of duplicate and triplicate voters. Wow. But it gets what even the, better. What was the total on that again in that bucket? We had about 2,700 duplicate voters and they canceled all of them without even discussing them. Hmm. They didn't even mention, Canceled. they didn't even say the word. They didn't duplicate. even look at them. Mm -mm. Wow. So okay. you're up to 6,000 votes essentially at this point. You're up to about 6,000. Yeah. 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 Potentially. Mm -hmm. And then the cheat is really on in the NCOA file. So this is where it becomes really, really egregious in my estimation. So we loaded up a few of our team members with some case studies. Mm -hmm. So the public now knows if they go and listen to some of our work and how, well, just listen to this. One voter sold her home in Snellville in August of 2020 and moved to Florida. She purchased a new home in Florida. She registered to vote in Florida. The Secretary of State put her on inactive status and made it national change of address as the reason for being inactive. This criminal unlawfully voted in 2020 and 2021, but now Gwinnett is mailing her a ballot for 2022. And where is that going? Into Florida or where? Wow. This one, I don't remember. Miss Massachusetts, we had about four scenarios we gave. Miss Massachusetts is still an active voter. She's been out of the state. For two years, they mailed her ballot to Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mr. Delaware, they mailed the ballot to Delaware. Yeah. Two North Carolinas, they mailed them to North Carolina. But it is so egregious to find an inactive voter that the Secretary of State says is inactive mm -hmm. and, and NCOA move, and they're mailing them a ballot out of state. Now I couldn't sleep last night. Yeah. I got up at five this morning and I ran that analysis on Fulton, Cobb, Chatham, Clayton, DeKalb, Forsyth, Cherokee, Carroll, and maybe uh, Liberty and Richmond, all the red counties per Seth Cashel. Okay. Would you believe that Georgia has already mailed ballots to inactives out of state to half the states in the United States of America. Wow. Do you have a total? And we've just that? gotten started. Do you have a, a num numerical total on, on those that you found approximately? No, but keep in mind, we were only yeah. one week into the election. It's only <laughs> yeah. going to get worse. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, well what, seeing... what's your remedy, ladies? I mean, what, what, do, what do you, what's your next step? I mean, obviously you, this is something that's happening across the country. You know, I mentioned, we found a lot of this in Florida, the same kind of thing. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a meth methodology to, to steal votes. So what are you guys doing? What's next on your list to, to try to stop this? Well, we've done so much. What I'm not sure what we you're talking actually about. verbally it doesn't yeah, have a lot yeah. of teeth. Yeah, but we verbally asked three of the board members to step down yeah. due to being complicit in election crimes. Mm -hmm. Because it's mm -hmm. one thing to look in the rearview mirror and find all the fraud, mm -hmm. and we've we've only yet begun to fight there, mm -hmm. right? On who's a phantom voter, blah blah blah. But now we're applying what we know about the voter roll onto real time. So now mm -hmm. we're in current. We've mm -hmm. gone from past to current. Mm -hmm. And we've put them on notice in writing of the crimes that they're complicit in. And so we've made it known that we've given them notice mm -hmm. in a sworn affidavit that holds up in a court of law. Are, are you able to challenge these votes like real time? I mean, is that what you're saying? Our challenges, all 40,000 were d dismissed. Gotcha. They broke the law. Yeah. yeah. They, they blanket dismissed them without looking at them. Um, and, you know, another, an answer to your question, you know, Kim, you know, she's brilliant with data. So she's able to help us see real time now the cheat for 2022. Mm -hmm. And we do, you know, we do have some local candidates uh, that, you know, I'm praying this will be beneficial to them because they have greater standing, say, if they they have greater standing to actually get some hand counts to happen. Mm -hmm. If they feel like they've been, you know, there's numbers aren't looking good. Of course, there's a lot of pushback. There's a lot of, um, uh, you know, the secretary of state, uh, he's. It's just, I mean, he's a vile person. He puts a lot, he's putting a lot of pressure on the county election boards not to do yeah. anything, um, you know, and then he sits up at the debate and says, well, I don't have authority to do anything. All that authority lies with the county. You know, they're all pointing fingers at one another. Right. Um, I would love to tell you that I have the answer to where we go next. I don't have that answer. Yeah. Um, I still ha I have great faith, though, that our, I still know our work is not in vain. And people may say, well, you work, did all that work for nothing. I don't believe that for one moment. I know there's a pathway mm -hmm. and we're, we're going to continue to fight. We have something yeah. else really great to share with you. OK, go so ahead. so non-existent addresses. We started a big wave in Georgia mm -hmm. and others have followed suit and. It's it's become scary for them because we're on target. We mm -hmm. we have like other states, <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. we have figured out one of the ways they pack the voter roll is non-existent buildings. OK, mm -hmm. now we have a new one in Gwinnett that we're going to be the forerunner on. You see that right there. Can you viewers yeah. see that? Yes. OK, <laughs> that we have a guy in our team. That's in construction. So uh -huh. this is his lane. He understands certificate of occupancy. Uh -huh. This is an apartment that's being currently built with no CO. <laughs> it has 13 registered voters at it. And as wow. of Friday, two of them have already voted. 
Interesting. We, so an apartment that's not yet built has 13 residents and two have already voted is what you're saying. Correct. And so yeah. we are, we're on to, we have suspected for quite a while that they pack the voter rolls before anyone ever moves in, even in a single family home. Mm -hmm. We canvassed a home where the lady says, I'm the only homeowner ever of this home. And I don't know who you're talking about. And that was a good Oh, and Gwinnett canceled that challenge too. Now we have another thing that yeah. we have caught with. Let me preface okay. this. Okay. okay. So I will preface this next one with, you know, here in North Georgia, you know, in the fall, most of us go driving up to the mountains on the weekends to see the mm. colored leaves <laughs> and see all this stuff. Well, yesterday I had a day that I could go driving around. I did not go to the mountains. I went driving around looking at apartment pool houses. Mm-hmm where they appear to have registered voters that actually live in the pool house. Wow. So I did a, I did a run of about uh, 10, maybe 10, went by about 10, just to confirm that the address is actually the pool house or the, you know, leasing office so that I could make sure our data is accurate. Um, and yes, we found multiple pool houses and leasing office that are housing three, four, some 10, some 14 residents that are currently on our voter roll. We think it's so great. Are, think about it. You get a free yeah. shower. There's a barbecue <laughs> and the gym is there and the rent's free. I mean, I think that's a pretty good deal. So that, that these are like administrative buildings of the apartment complexes, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and we've done, we've done some test mailing to those people as well. And they're not there. Wow. <laughs> So you so have now, to come back and tell us more down the road as you develop these stories. Well, we didn't even tell you about Mr. North Carolina. There's some good ones. <laughs> One's an ex-football player at the University of Georgia, because when I was trying to find him, you know, you do people search kind of stuff. Yeah. He kept popping up. 1984, hopeful, signs on with UGA. I'm like, well, you may be a bulldog, but you're a criminal too. So <laughs> I'm just like, you know. Wow. <laughs> it's a crazy world we're swimming yes. in. Well, keep fighting, ladies, because you're right. You'll find the path. I mean, like down uh, in that uh, cleanelections.org, Melody Jennings is having watch parties at the box off, at the drop boxes, and they're finding a lot. So you just have to find that asymmetric way to, to shine light on this and try to prevent it. So thank you very much. We want to thank you because, yes. I, you know, I'm a very firm believer that the more we are just speaking truth and speak, mm -hmm. speaking it boldly and loudly, the more it, the more people awake because truth, you know, truth has a frequency. It's out and it gets out in atmosphere mm -hmm. and people are impacted by it. They're challenged by it. And we just appreciate uh, your show because you oh, have right. a lot of truth spoken out there. And that's a big, that'll make a difference. And one well, last thing, yeah. we work a lot with David Cross and Kevin Monkla. Uh -huh. Yes. And um, David was part of our 19 person relay last Wednesday <laughs> yeah. night. Oh, great. And if any of your viewers want to donate to the cause, because David offered to buy a voter roll for us yesterday. So yeah. sure, tell, us how to, tell us how people can help. It's uh, go send me slash election oversight is the one that David, Kevin yeah. mentioned last week on your show. So that's right. their give send me. I'm yeah. sorry. Give send, send go. Me. Yeah. Give I can't go, say right? it right. <laughs> so, Obviously, yeah. it's Kevin's and not mine. Give send say that go. again. Give send go what? Election oversight. Yes. Gotcha. Excellent.
Sorry. Well, Sorry, Kevin. Anyways. <laughs> Mary Bell and Kim, thank you for coming on and please come back when you have more to tell us. Just send us an email. Thank you, Todd, for having right. us. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye now. I'm now going to bring on Ted Metz. Hey, Ted. Hey, Todd. How are you today? Oh, oh, we're busy. It's a packed show. But again, you have a lot to tell us. So you had a debate with uh, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger recently. Uh, tell us about that. Well, it was a typical 30-minute, uh, not enough time to really get all the messaging out, kind of an interview skewed and biased towards the uh, main two-party candidates. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should mention I am running as the Libertarian candidate for Secretary of State. Um, essentially, I, I kind of ignored the Democrat who, of course, regurgitated all the talking points about SB 202, that you, you can't get water in line and blah, blah, blah. You know, the, the th same things that have been debunked over and over again. But I hit Brad pretty hard with a lot of the facts and evidence that we've uncovered as voter GA. And you probably are familiar with quite a bit of it. Yes. And of course, when I asked Brad about it, he had a very short answer. And, and essentially, he just said, we did a 100% hand count. And that's all he said. He didn't actually even address the outcome of the hand count. And you probably are already, already familiar with that. And I wish I had already pulled out my note about all the different errors and irregularities and fraud. Um. I, I do want to back up a little bit and say it was wonderful to see Mary Bell and Kim. Uh, if, if anyone is curious about the video from the event where we dropped off the 37,500 affidavits to the Gwinnett Board of Elections, it's on my Ted Metz Rumble channel. Uh, so... You had some clips you wanted to run, Ted. Do you want to do those now, or how do you want to do this? Um, well, it's your interview. Go ahead and do what you like. Well, uh, I, I don't know. Um, I'm sorry. There's a little bit of delay with you, so I uh, apologize to our audience. But what? Which, we have two clips, uh, three and four, and these are from the debate, correct? Um, it should have been two. Um, yeah, that, that could be right, three and four. They are from the debate. I am not sure what clips they are. Because that was something that Janelle did did for us. Right. I, I don't know what they are until I see them. All right. So I'm going to run this one. Uh, they're both, they're all two minutes. So we'll just watch them and uh, you comment afterwards. Okay. Great. All right. Here we go. Let's uh, get back to our election coverage and another check of the electoral map. Check those nine states out in gray still at this hour. <laughs> Undecided. The presidential race hanging in the balance. They're counting ballots as we speak. That's right. And uh, one of the states that's a squeaker, mm -hmm. state that Joe Biden had high hopes late in the game of flipping in this election, but we shall see, is Georgia. And that state's Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, is with us now. Mr. Secretary, good morning on a busy morning. Uh, I guess we, the big question is, Hoda? Yeah, we want to know, when are we going to get your <laughs> votes? When are we going to find out who's won your state? Well, we have about 2% left to go. We had great success yesterday. We had 4.7 million voters that voted. A uh, record breaker for us beats the 4.1 in 2016. We also had average wait time of only two minutes, statewide average. Uh, we have about 2% left to go. Uh, and you can see where we are right now with 
results that have been reported. I don't think it'll change any outcomes, but that's what really people that make those predictions do. What we'll do is get. Well, that was interesting, though. We yeah. were just getting to the, the good part there because uh, the Secretary of State said they got 2% left to count, yep. Chuck, but he did not think it would change the outcome. That's interesting. But then he deferred to the prognosticators, which, which I think is over to you. you. <laughs> Look, I can just say what our models say is where those counties are. They, they, they are heavily Democratic counties, uh, and it's the Atlanta number. So it is going to shrink, um, uh, you know, perhaps, you know, if I were an arbiter of an, an election result, I wouldn't want to be the one saying, yes, and when we yeah. count the vote, it'll change the result. Okay. I think his job is to be yeah. uh, the umpire. Well, let's ask Mr. Secretary, um, <laughs> can you hear me now? You just were saying getting something. Like, I'm getting like phone bombed or something. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Well, fair. You're a busy guy. You're probably all your friends wanting to know the same thing we want to know, which is <laughs> when is Georgia going to report its results? But you said something interesting, sir. You said 2% left to count. Mm -hmm. You didn't think, however, that it would be changing the outcome right. is that based on your analysis of where those votes are outstanding or are you just guessing it because of the fact that it's only two percent uh, we don't guess what we do is report we just see where the candidates are right now in both presidential congressional senatorial and you look at how many votes are out there even if one of the candidates got a hundred percent it probably would be enough to, to to move it one way or the other so, Ted, that was obviously not your debate, but tell us about that video. Well, and, and that, that is the video that, that is a huge tell. Um, if 2%, you know, he's, he's talking about 4,700,000 4, votes and only 2% left to count. At that point in the election, Trump was up 103,000 votes and 2% of 4,700,000 is 94,000 votes. 94,000 votes is less than 103,000. That's, that's the first part of the clip. And, the, you know, party, when he's saying that uh, we don't guess, blah, blah, blah. The other thing about when, when his video feed was cut, and then you hear the guy saying, oh, I'm getting phone bombed. Mm -hmm. My best analysis of that portion was that was somebody, the producer in the booth, talking about I'm getting phone bombed. Obviously, somebody was calling to tell him to shut it down, shut it down. Mm -hmm. And then of course, when he came back, you know, and then the end of the election, uh, it turns out that there was an actual 4,900,000 and some odd thousand votes, which was 200,000 more votes than was on that clip. 4.7, you know, 4.9 minus 4.7. Oh, the video showed actually uh, fraud and being caught in real time or, or their, the narrative that they were putting out being, you know, confronted in real time, I guess is the right way to put it. Uh, curious, right? Yeah. All right. So that led to my question in the debate, which is the next clip, if you'd like to play that. Well, I have, I had five clips. I have, um, it was that clip should be number four. Okay. I'll play that now. Well, now ask a question of an opponent of their choice. Ted Metz, you get the next question. All right. I I'd like to ask Mr. Raffensperger about the interview he did on NBC News the morning after the 2020 election, saying that 4.7 million votes had been cast and it was the highest turnout ever, and there was only 2% of the votes left uncounted. He said that Trump had over 100,000 vote lead and only 94,000 votes were left to count, which would finish later that day, and the count would not change the outcome just before the feed was cut. Then days later, 4.9 million voters were certified and the question is why did you allow the election results be so 
obviously corrupted. In the 2020 race, I made sure that we had an honest and fair election, and every single ballot was counted. In fact, every single ballot that was counted through the scanners was then hand counted. We did a 100% hand recount to verify the results. <laughs> and I'll stand by those results. But after the 2020 race, there was all sorts of misinformation, disinformation. And so, I, and so I've been traveling all over the state, talking to you, the voter, to give you the information. Every single allegation that was raised, here's what the facts were. And I'll stand by those results, because at the end of the day, President Trump did come up short. And primarily he came up short because 24,000 Georgians skipped the presidential race, and yet they voted down ballot in other races. But we did a 100% hand recount. We audited the machines after. We checked every single allegation that was made. And those results were accurate. Mr. Metz, would you like to respond? Well, on, on that NBC interview, you said, we don't guess. 4.7 million Georgian voters, and there was only 2% left to, to count, and you said the counting would finish that day, and the outcome would not change Donald Trump's victory in Georgia. Instead, you allowed a continued counting of phantom votes for three days, and over 200,000 more votes were added to the results, and that changed the outcome in Georgia. So I'm probably the only candidate on the stage that would end these election shenanigans. Interesting. Well, it is, it is interesting. And if you're paying attention to him repeating that they did a 100% hand recount, and the results were never actually published of the 100% recount. But that's one that Garland and some other voter GA volunteers were in on. And in Fulton County alone, they at the end of the 100% hand count audit, they found 17,500 more votes recorded than they had ballots. The numbers didn't match up. 60% match up. of the ballot tally sheets, you know, batches of, of the ballots are about 100 ballots, and 60% of them did not have an accurate count. Wow. And we could just go on and on about that stuff, you know, improper chain of custody for 107,000 ballots and, and, you know, 355,000 ballots statewide didn't have chain of custody. And under, under other lawsuits, chain of custody, if it's missing, those, those ballots cannot be legally counted in the, in the returns. So, so let, let's play clip number one, uh, in, in, We'll see what this is, and you can talk about it. All right. From the studios of Georgia Public Broadcasting, this, this is the general election debate among candidates for Secretary of State. Let's meet the candidates for this debate. They are, in alphabetical order, Ted Metz, a libertarian who is retired entrepreneur. B. Wynn, a Democrat who serves as the Georgia House Representative. Brad Raffensperger, a Republican, is the incumbent Secretary of State here in Georgia. Mr. Metz, um, you have talked about your desire to not just have paper ballots cast on paper, but also counted by hand on paper rather than using optical scanner machines. Why do you think hand counting ballots would increase voter confidence? because humans generally have a tendency to want to be honest. The thing is they do it in France where they have over 42 million voters. They go to election day, it's all hand counted at the precinct level and the election results are done that night. So I don't know where you're coming up with the studies that indicate that 
can counting ballots would take any longer. We already have ballot marking devices that actually do accurately reflect the voters' intent for their candidates. There is no reason that we can't hand count the paper ballots. Even if we do use an optical scanner that is used to actually look at the votes, not the QR code, which is an illegal addition to our ballots, we'd still have a much better idea of what the accurate count of the ballots were or is. Because once you put things into a computer system, your votes become a fractionalized, manipulated data point, not an actual vote. Mr. Metz, thank you. <laughs> Mr. Metz, thank you. <laughs> wow. Um, do you want me to play the other one, or or do you want me to talk about that one for a second? Um, well, we can talk really briefly about that. I, there have been so many experts around the world essentially saying that the only safe and secure method of voting is paper ballots. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we have contrarians that say, yeah, what if someone you know, brings ballots in under their shirt and stuffs the ballot box. Mm -hmm. Well, with print on demand, such as the ballot marking devices actually do, that would be pretty impossible unless some FedEx truck pulls up from the printers and, and just dumps ballots like we had before. We need, we need serial numbers. We need watermarks on the ballots so we can actually authenticate them. And then human eyes on the ballots on election day is, is I think, the, the best safeguard. Um, I've done uh, vote adjudication panels uh, after other elections and, and a Democrat, a Republican and an independent will sit down and, and we always have come up with the correct answer on what we believe the voter intent to have been on that ballot. It's, it's not difficult. It's not that adversarial. And again, my, my statement that most people, you know, tend to want to be honest. Mm -hmm. What I left out on that statement was except for psychopaths like you. <laughs> uh yeah so let's play the last clip and then we'll go from there all right good <laughs> 20 presidential election there were many investigations and recounts and many claims of fraud have either been not proven or debunked if each of you is elected secretary of state what will you do to be more transparent with the public about the status of investigations and their outcomes I've been very transparent. I've traveled across the state. I've been meeting with all sorts of groups, Rodeo, Kiwanis, Chambers. I've said I'll talk to any group to give them the facts and the information because we've been pushing back on election deniers since the election of 2018. So 2020 was not our first rodeo. <laughs> Thank you. Ted Metz, would you like to respond? I would because there's still unresolved issues in the 2020 election, including six sworn affidavits from Fulton County employees saying that there were probably tens of thousands of counterfeit ballots. And even though the GBI and FBI went and helped the IG from the Secretary of State's office look through the ballots, sure, they didn't find anything, but it didn't mean it was a GBI investigation. More than 17,000 more votes were cast in Fulton County than there are ballot images to support that number of votes. Mm -hmm. Dropbox for surveillance shows about 18,000 unaccounted for votes. There's improper chain of custody votes for over 107,000 ballots statewide. Chain of custody forms are missing for over 355,000 votes statewide. 86,000 voters in the 2020 election had false registration dates of 2017, but they are not reflected in the 2017 data. Over 1.7 million original ballot images are lost or destroyed in 70 counties around the state. I'm saying that this is not 
credible. <laughs> Jared, your last thoughts. Well, my last thoughts on that is the other thing that Brad talked about was how he's all about rule of law. And if we recall during his tenure, he has uh, gone outside the rule of law by, by allowing the ballot drop boxes, by relaxing the signature sta standard, signature matching uh, absentee ballot standard, and went into, uh, there's just so many things that he's, he's a complete uh, liar about. I, I do want to say that we have discovered because of the Totenberg ruling on the Curling versus Raffensperger that the ballot images or the ballots output from the ballot marking devices violate two sections of Georgia law mm -hmm. in, in that they're not legal ballots. Any election cast on, on, on illegal ballots are void and the remedy is to rehold the elections. And we have Georgia case law for that having happened here. So, so the that curling Raffensperger case where Judge Totenberg said the machines were illegal, but there's been no remedy. And she didn't do anything in 2018 because it was too close to the election and two years have gone by and there's no remedy still, correct? That is correct. Mm -hmm. So my first, I think the first act I will, I will have um, perhaps somebody in the attorney general's office, not necessarily the attorney general, because he seems to be part of the collusion, mm -hmm. um, draft up a, a, a fraud lawsuit against the signers of the Dominion contract. There is uh, open records requests revealed uh, memos from Dominion clearly saying that these ballot marking devices do not comply with Georgia law. The QR code is one thing. The ballot marking device by Georgia law is only supposed to be a printer. It does not, it, it is barred from having a computational function, which is what's necessary to drive the QR code. Next, it says that the ballot, um, the, uh, the ballot scanners are supposed to be counting the votes based on the, the choices of the elector in human readable form. Mm -hmm. And of course they're reading the QR code. So that's two components, you know, that make up the whole system essentially that, that violate Georgia law, according to judge Totenberg in, in the curling versus Raffensperger. So anyway, my first mm -hmm. act will be to void the contract and, and make dominion give us our money back for the machines that violate Georgia law. So essentially what you're saying is that the dominion system as currently exists puts the vote in the QR code, which a human being cannot read. And therefore it's not verifiable because you don't know what's put in there. And even if they read it and it says, you know, Trump gets the vote or, or Biden, you don't know where it came from. I mean, it could be just created essentially. And, and that's the other thing that they have found is, is that the total of votes don't match the total of ballot images, which is an right. impossibility. Yeah. Plus, we've seen a lot of data where the secure hash file doesn't match match the creation of the tagged image file of the scanned ballot. And that's impossible unless right. it's manipulated through the database. Well, Ted, thank you very much. I want to have you back on if you if you find more information. You're one of the warriors out there. So in uh, Georgia is really screwed up and we need people at the ground level to keep fighting, obviously. So thank you for coming on. And thank you for having me, Todd. Looking forward to the next round. Take care. Well, that's our last guest for the Georgia 2022 show. I want to please ask you to sign up for our no ad subscription across CD media. You get all of our sites. It's a plethora of news from around the world. We really are a global news company and you get no ads 
So if you don't like the pop-up ads on your phone, sign up for our no ad subscription and help CD media and free media combat the, the uh, corporate media narrative. And that being said, that's it for the Georgia 22 show. We'll see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.